Hey, ass butt. Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hi. Hi. If you just heard a really exasperated sigh, that was amazing. <laughs> Going, oh, <laughs> you know, like, why? I know. She's like, this shit again. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Keep Aww. logging me in this room. If you could be trusted. She can be kind. She can be mostly. But the thing is, is she's like, especially after her spay, she's just a little bit insane and she may or may not have a hernia so I don't want her like jumping around and like wrestling and stuff with the other dog if I can't be there to stop it so yeah oh poor girl she's an idiot it's fine (laughs) (laughs) I love her she's an idiot (laughs) okay well we well I did the notes on this episode like a month ago at least yep so, uh, and I haven't rewatched the episode or looked at these notes. So this will be a, a surprise for all of us. So, I mean, like, okay, to be fair, I rewatched it last night, but like, even then I was like half asleep. So I cannot make any guarantees that I actually, you know, know what's going to be happening. Also, I'm sorry that my voice sounds like crap because I am over a cold pretty much at this point, but like still sound like crap. So mm-hmm. sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, I can't tell through the computer anyway. So. That's good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely right. sound, I feel like I sound weird, but. <laughs> well, today we're talking about season 10, episode 21 called Dark Dynasty. Uh, we start out outside. <laughs> That's really specific. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. We start out outside an old building for lease. Okay. I just need to actually read my notes. Wow. Okay. Uh, inside, a young woman walks down a hallway past a janitor who's mopping the floor. She goes into a room and finds a young man who's wearing a lab coat and sitting at a computer. She hands him a file. His name is Eldon. He says, ah, you must be Eileen. Okay. Why are we like doubling up on the Eileen's and the Amelia's? I just, I don't I know. Like, I feel like that's weird, but it's weird to me too. Okay. All right. I mean, they're not bad names, but you know. No, but it gets a little confusing after a while. Like, which one? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, there's just lots of other names in the world. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Eileen says, Yes, I'm here for the interview. Thank you so much for fitting me in after hours. As um, you can see, I'm in good health, and my eyesight is 20-20, which is important, yes? Because this is a research study on eyesight. Eldon says, mm-hmm. Eileen says, my friends and I do as many of these clinical studies as we can, because we're all on budgets, and the money from these things really helps with college. Um, Eldon looks through the file briefly and then says, okay, everything seems to be in order. Eileen says, Okay. Eldon says, let's take a peek at these eyes. Eileen says, yes. 
and then he like gently holds her face and stares into her eyes. Um, you know what this reminded me of? I uh, mm. so you know when you get you know you go to the eye doctor, it's all good. They do the thing, and then you you get your glasses and you order them or whatever. And then they arrive, and then you have to go back and have them, like, fitted to your face, right? Oh, yeah. Uh Every time I've had that, the fitting part of it done, like, whatever, you know, person is doing that with me, they do, like, stare into your eyes in that way. Like It's always kind of weird. It is. And I understand that they're seeing, like, you know, where the center of my vision is on the lens and all that. Like, that's what they're looking at, you know, and how it sits on my face and all that. They're not just, like, awkwardly staring at you, but it kind of seems that way. They don't feel like that. (laughs) I know. I always always leave those appointments thinking, like, wow, I just had a magical encounter. You know? (laughs) Like, always. I'm just like, oh, that was kind of nice. You know? Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, this is not going to end like that for her, but no. okay. <laughs> Supernatural, it never does. <laughs> I know. Okay, so Eldon says, okay, mm-hmm. And then he leans in and tries to kiss her, which I still don't understand, but okay. I know, that was a weird one to me. Like, why? Why? You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't get so, it. <laughs> I know. So she tries to push him away, but he kind of holds on to her. She says, no, no. Uh, And we see, like, we sort of cut out to the hallway outside that room. And the janitor kind of hears Eileen screaming, no. Uh, Back with Eldon and Eileen, he grabs a small knife from his pocket and, like, slices her throat right open. Then then he gets, like, a melon baller and scoops out her eyeballs. A serrated melon baller, too. Not even, like, a, you know, like, a, that one, that, see, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I don't like the eyeball stuff. The eyeball stuff and, like, the fingernail stuff and the teeth stuff, I can't, I can't do it. And, like, can't either. you can't even be bothered to do it with <laughs> with a melon baller that, that isn't serrated. Okay, I have questions. You're going <laughs> to... What, how do you think that you're not going to damage the eye? No, I mean, there's no way it's to not. Right. And there, there's like pressure and stuff in there. Like you're going to pop the eyeball. With yes, it. you're going to pop <laughs> that shit. Like, okay. Like if you're going to melon ball somebody's eyes, <laughs> do yourself a favor <laughs> and use one that doesn't have a serrated edge to it. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, that looked like a surgical kit. So maybe that is the better thing to do. I don't know. But that seems like that seems backwards to me. Yeah. Yeah. Seem right. I, I'm like, how? what is a better way? Is there a way to remove an eye without a blade? Like, I, I assume you can't just suction that shit out because you still risk <laughs> poppage, right? I don't know. Never well, really thought you about have this. to, like, detach, like, the, the nerves and all that right. sort of stuff in the yeah. back. Not just, like, it's sitting in there. So it's, yeah. like... You still got to, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I am not going to do is Google it. Yeah, ever, I'm not going to do that either. I'm never going to do that because I don't need to really know. So, sounds like a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he scoops out her eyeballs and puts them in cups of ice, which are just like whiskey glasses or something, right? I, it's a beaker, I think. Oh, okay. I remember it being a whiskey glass and being like, huh. Okay. (laughs) To each their own, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the janitor starts knocking on the door. He yells, everything okay in there? What's going on? Everything okay? There's no answer. So the janitor opens the door with his keys and sees Eldon, like, jump from the open window. The janitor yells out, hey, after him. Um, And then we cut to. Because that's going to do anything. (laughs) 
right. Uh, so we cut to Sam, who is... Um, uh, my notes are weird. Oh, okay. Sam is in the room where he's, like, keeping Rowena captive. So um, he says to her, nothing? You've got nothing? Rowena, it's been days. You said the codex would crack the code. Rowena says, I am an artist, Samuel. These things cannot be rushed. Perhaps <laughs> if I weren't chained up, I'm not really at full strength. Sam says, yeah, and you won't be at full strength. No witchcraft. Look, I need the cure for my brother from the book. And if you're stalling, Rowena says, why on earth would I stall? I want the mark off your brother for my own protection. I want out of these chains and out of this pit. I want you to hold up your end of the deal and kill Crowley. You do remember the deal, do you not, Samuel? Sam says, believe me, I have no issue killing Crowley. Rowena says, the problem is the language Nadia used in the Codex is damn near incipherable. She was a gifted witch, but a selfish pig. Once she cracked a code, she then coded its secrets for herself. Which I think sounds smart, Nadia, but okay. I mean, yeah, I, it's frustrating for people that, like, <laughs> yep. aren't in the, on it in the end, or what the hell? <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> it's frustrating for people who aren't in on it. There we go. But, like, <laughs> listen, not everybody can know all the things, you know? No, all right. Sam says, so now we need to break a code to break a code. Rowena says, quick, aren't you? <laughs> Sam says, listen, Dean gets worse every day. Get this done. Rowena says, you won't forget the grocery shopping, will you? Sam says, no. So we cut to a large house. We're in the study. Uh, we are with the Stein family, and they are having a family meeting. Uh, Monroe, okay, we don't know these people yet, right? Like, we just met Eldon, the eyeball scooper, right? I'm just, I'm We confused. have met, um... Have we met Monroe? We've met some of them, because, okay. remember when they were at that gas station? I um, do remember that, and one of them died, and yeah. then, who lived from that encounter? Anybody? Hmm... Dane? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I just... I'm I don't sorry. know. I think it's very possible that, like... I mean, I know we, we introduced some of their family members here, um, but I just... I can't remember, like, just looking at their names. I can't, like, connect a face to them to remember if we've seen them before or not. But, okay, so... Monroe, who's a brother, <laughs> says to Eldon, astounding, astounding and disappointing. There was a time, Eldon, when I would call you our most promising... You ask your brothers and your cousins, but clearly you have been spoiled and overindulged, and the result is arrogance, the utter lack of judgment. You thought you'd take time for a little quickie with that girl before you harvested her. <laughs> How dare you have sex with her before you scoop out her eyeballs? <laughs> At that point, I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, don't do any of it, but I'm just saying, like, that's a weird thing to, okay, anyway. I don't think I can say anything here that makes me sound like a good person, so I'm going to stop. Because... <laughs> and we're moving on. I, I just meant for that family, not for myself, obviously. All right, yeah. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Eldon says, sir, Monroe. Wait, is Monroe the, Monroe the dad? I'm so confused now. At this point, I have no idea. Fuck. All right. All right. Well, Eldon says, sir. Monroe says, and you were discovered by a witness. We don't have witnesses. 
Eli says. <laughs> well, and now you do. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, we're here with Eli. Fuck. I, you know, I feel like I am really botching this because I don't remember who's who. So Eli is there also. <laughs> and he says, and left a body behind. Monroe says, and we certainly don't leave bodies behind when we harvest. The whole key to our success all these centuries is secrecy. Eldon says to Monroe, Daddy, I've never done anything like this before. I haven't been myself ever since Jacob died. Monroe, the dad, ha, 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 says. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Monroe says, oh, no, 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 no. Don't you dare cheapen the memory of your brother by using him as, as an excuse for your foolishness. Eldon says, I'm filled with regret, sir. Monroe says, I doubt that. But you will be if you are cast down to the lower echelons of this family, where you will exchange your title of son and heir for lab rat. Eldon says, I made this single mistake. Monroe says, discipline. It is all that holds our lives together. If it unravels, we are done. Here's how you'll redeem yourself. First, clean up your mess in Omaha. Next, you will track down these Winchesters who murdered your brother Jacob and who may now have in their possession the Book of the Damned. Eldon says, it will be done. And he leaves the room. Eli says, sir, Uncle Monroe? Monroe says, yes, Eli. Eli says, I was wondering if it was best to put such an important assignment in Eldon's hands since his judgment is so questionable. <laughs> I'm just going to weasel myself in here real quick. <laughs> I know. This whole family. <laughs> giant pieces of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monroe says, that's very bold of you, Eli, considering your own issues. Eli says, my issues, sir? Monroe says, the mysterious red-headed girl that your cousin Jacob was tracking when he died. The one that stole the book? Was that task not passed on to you? Have you located her? Eli says, I'm trying, sir. There's still no trace of her. Monroe says, well, if the Winchesters don't have the book, she's got it. So if you're worried that your cousin will fail, report in with Eldon and back his effort. Now get out. Uh, so we cut to Sam walking into the bunker. Dean's sitting at a table in the library researching the Stein family on the computer. Dean looks at Sam and says, wow. Sam says, hey. Dean says, well, you look like crap on toast. Asshole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, okay, fair, but still. <laughs> still, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sam says, I just haven't really been sleeping well. Dean says, there's a woman you haven't mentioned? Sam says, a woman? <laughs> Dean <What>? says, I <laughs> know. Dean says, well, I'm just saying, you weren't here when I went to bed last night. You've been running off on your own a lot these past couple weeks. Sam says, I do that. Dean says, you actually don't. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, nice try. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, we don't actually. <laughs> I know, right? He says, Dean, we don't always do the exact same thing at the exact same time. Remember when you went off and snuffed that vampire nest by yourself? <clears throat> Dean says, have you been snuffing vamps nests? Sam says, no, I, <laughs> I know. He says, no, uh, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> Dean says, so those goons that were after the book, the, uh, the Steins, well, the one that we killed said that he had a big family. So if there's more out there, I figure we should start. Uh, that's what he says. He says, I figure we should probably get to know as much as we can about them. Sam says, and? Dean says, uh, well, that's pretty much what we do know, that they screwed with financial markets. They helped Hitler get started, along with God knows what else, probably disco. <laughs> okay. 
because that's Whatever. on par <laughs> with bitter. Nazis. Yeah, but okay. He <laughs> says, uh, but you go back to the 1800s and the trail goes dead. There's nothing in the research. There's nothing online. It's like the family just popped up one day. Sam says, families don't usually do that. Dean says, no, they do not. Hasn't been a total waste of time, though. I think I caught us a case. There's a mention online of a murder in Omaha. Victim's eyes were cut out. Janitor runs in just as the killer jumps out of the window. Sam says, that's it? Dean says, well, the window was on the third story. Look, man, I'm just trying to stay busy here, okay? Unless you have bigger fish to, f- bigger fish to fry. Bigger, f- <laughs> <laughs> bigger fish to fry. Sam says, no, I- I'm sold. I'm in. Dean says, all right, well, I'm going to hit it. You probably should, too. We'll leave first thing in the a.m. So we cut to a rest stop. Uh, still nighttime. Charlie's sitting at a picnic table. Sam gets out of a car and greets her. He says, hey, Charlie. Charlie says, hey, it is you uh, in a beat up prehistoric subcompact. But why are we meeting here? I could have come to the Death Star. <clears throat> Sam says, no, no, this is uh, this is better, actually. We're not going to be working in the bunker. So Charlie says, uh-huh. What is this about again? You were kind of vague. Sam says, okay, so here's the thing. Dean is not getting any better. I feel like if we don't get the mark off his arm, it's going to eat him up. Charlie says, I get it, but what are we going to do about it? Sam says, I got a hold of a codex, which is sort of a a collection of supernatural code-breaking tools, and it should help crack the Book of the Damned. Charlie says, well, that would be awesome if the book, you know, actually existed. Sam says, it does. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) About that. (laughs) He says, I swapped it out right before it looked like I burned it. Charlie says, okay, well, Dean wanted it burned, so is he pissed? Of course, he doesn't know. Jeez, the two of you. (laughs) Sam says, Charlie, he's not himself. He's not. He would try and stop me. He's given up. Look, I called in an expert to, to use the codex, but it turns out it's sort of encoded also, so I thought he might help move things along faster. Charlie says, behind Dean's back. After Dean told us the stupid book would kick our asses if we mess with it. Is there any part of this that doesn't reek? Did I mention you'll be working with one of the... Wait, that doesn't work. Sam says... My notes are weird here, sorry. Sam says, did I mention you'll be working with one of the most dangerous witches in the world? Charlie says, I don't know, Sam. Sam says, as far as I can tell, this is our only shot at saving him. If we don't take it, he's gone. So we cut to Sam and Charlie in Rowena's, like... Captivity room. <laughs> that needs a better Where name. Is that? That's like. <laughs> I mean, I think we figured it out later. I don't know if it's in this episode, but it's not really a spoiler. It's like the basement of a brewery or something, like an old okay. abandoned I brewery. Say, I don't yeah. remember like at all. Yeah. The... Yeah, I can't remember if you noticed that. Like, there's like it even says like brewery on the walls and stuff. So that's the only okay, reason I know no, that. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, okay. Um, Rowena says, "I thought it was clear, Samuel. I requested more time, not an assistant." Sam says, and I thought I was clear, Rowena. Charlie is not your assistant. You're hers. Charlie looks a little smug about this. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, yeah, do it. Um, Let's see. Rowena says, and you studied your craft where? Charlie says, mostly a joint called Mass Java. It has excellent Wi-Fi. Rowena (laughs) says, I have not heard of this institution, and I know of all the great global centers of witchcraft. (laughs) Rowena says, makes sense, because I'm not a witch. 
I'm a nerd. And I know all the great centers of nerddom. <laughs> Sam says, Rowena, are you done marking your turf? Listen, Charlie has tech chops. They'll Put Pete on the walls. Let's go. <laughs> I know, for real. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. He says, Charlie has tech chops that'll speed up cracking Nadia's codex. You will spot the ancient curses and spells, and that'll put this whole mess in context. Cass walks into the room, and Charlie says, Cass, are you in on this too? Rowena says, Hell's bells, more distractions. What are you, witch or nerd? Cass <laughs> says, Angel. Rowena says, Beg pardon? Like, um, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, Castiel has a powers, spiritual muscle that'll help safeguard the work. Rowena says, safeguard it from what? Sam says, you. I can't be here full time to referee. Cass says, whoa, whoa. And I can. Sam says, yes, please. Please do this for me. Cass says, well, what are the rules? If I'm going to referee, I should at least know them. Rowena says, quite literal, aren't you? Does he know that the first rule is don't tell your brother what we're doing? Cass says, wait, Dean doesn't know. Sam, this never ends well. <laughs> you would know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie says, that's exactly what I said. Sam says, okay, everyone take a breath. Look, we're up against it, okay? And we've all been up against it before. And we know there are times when every choice sucks. Now, us lying to Dean is the choice that sucks the least. We have to make this work, please. Charlie says, okay, yeah, for Dean. Sam says, Cass? Cass says, okay, for Dean. Sam says, for Dean. Rowena says, I barely know the man. <laughs> She's like, listen, don't get me. Oh, <laughs> I'm literally chained here, so yeah. Uh, we cut to Crowley's throne room. He's throwing darts into a man's chest. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. That would hurt so yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, two of his hench demons approach. Crowley says, I hope this is important. I have a perfect game going. Hench demon number one says, there's a problem, Majesty. Crowley says, just for once, I wish you trolls would bring me some good news. Sire, Missouri has boils. Something cheerful. Uh, Hench demon number two says, it's your majesty's mother. Crowley says, what about my mother? Hench demon number one says, well, uh, she's missing. Crowley says, what? Then he picks up a nearby angel blade and kills hench demon number one. <laughs> In a fit okay. of rage, he ends him. <laughs> right. Then he says to hench demon number two, you've heard of killing the messenger. Don't come back without news of my mother. Then to the man he's throwing darts into, he says, shut up. Uh, the dart demon <laughs> looks down at the dart sticking out of his chest and says, nice grouping. <laughs> then we cut to uh, the building where the college girl got her eyes ball scooped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam and Dean are inside, inside the room with the office manager. They duck under some crime scene tape. And the office manager says, uh, police told me no one was allowed in. That didn't mean the FBI, right? Dean says, and the janitor came in right after the killing. The office manager says, yeah, he heard screaming. Maybe when her eyeballs were scooped up? Janitor saw a man jump out of the window and run down the alley. Sam says, running after a falling three stories? The office manager says, that's what it looked like. Dean says, security footage? The manager says, yeah, sure. 
So they play the video on a tablet, and the manager says, uh, but just one of them caught any action out in the alley. That's the guy who rented the office. Dean says, that's pretty slick for a three-story drop. Sam says, wait a second. Can you uh, play it again? Yeah, keep going. Okay, freeze there. Zoom in. And uh, the video, when zoomed in, shows the Stein family tattoo on Eldon's wrist. Dean says, same ink as the Steins. Sam asks, how long was he renting here? The manager says, uh, just a month, but I only saw him a day or so. Some sort of clinical trial using student volunteers. He didn't mention eyeballs. Dean says, hmm, well, I guess you're going to ask about how, uh, rah, 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 rah. Dean says, <laughs> hmm, well, I guess you're going to ask about that from now on, huh? <laughs> Sam's phone rings. It's Cass. Sam says, excuse me. Dean says to the manager, listen, uh, remember anything else? Give us a call. Sam raises his phone and says to Dean, uh, telemarketer. <laughs> so the boys leave. And then Eldon Stein walks in. I wrote Eldon style and got really confused. Um, so Eldon closes the door behind him. He says to the manager, you're quite the chatty patty. What'd you tell those two? The manager says, hardly anything. Nothing. I've, I've got nothing to say. Eldon says, I believe you. So we cut to Rowena's captivity room. Charlie's working on her computer and Rowena's at her table messing with spell ingredients. Uh, Charlie's having trouble with the research. She says, damn it. Rowena says, that miraculous machine of yours has, hasn't solved everything by now. I said that weird. That miraculous machine of yours hasn't solved everything by now. Overrated, I'd say. Charlie says, I'm somebody's the- bitter. Somebody is bitter. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting replaced. Yep. <laughs> Charlie says, I'm using the computer to find some pattern in the book's coding or any synchronicity with the symbols in Nadia's codex. I almost said codex. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> I what a place to have to look. I just <laughs> want to go through a witch's cotex. I just... <laughs> I got lots of problems with that. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rowena says, oh, I'm more old school. I read the signs nature shows me, the forces that ruled before there was man. Charlie says, wow, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Cass walks in with a plastic bag. He says, okay, it sounds like blood sugar is dipping in here. I got snacks. When I was human, I grew very fond of these pork rinds. Charlie says, what do you know about the chick who wrote the Book of the Damned? Rowena says, Agnes was a hermit nun and as mad as a hatter, made it her business to undo curses. Cass says, like the one that caused the market cain. Rowena says, as in any struggle between good and evil, balance is required. To cure one one (laughs) curse, Agnes had to know how to inflict another. They live side by side in the magic world. One cannot be without the other. Charlie says, sure, sure, like a a binary system. So I got to think like a hermit nun. Rowena says, did I mention they they burned her alive? Charlie says, they? Rowena says, a cornucopia of curses and satanic visions did not go unnoticed by the church hierarchy. These men would not abide a rogue nun. Charlie says, poor Agnes, ahead of her time. Rowena says, much like you and I. Charlie looks like really freaked out. He's like, <laughs> about <"Nope."> me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, no. 
Uh, and she and Cass uh, exchange a very awkward look. Cass says, well, Charlie says, I don't actually see our similarity or similarities all that much. Rowena says, because you're young and good and I'm ancient and evil. Is that it? Charlie says, what? Rowena says, let me tell you about you. A difficult and lonely childhood. Tragedy. Absent parents. Always outside the mainstream. Sexually progressive. Living in your own head for solace and direction. Charlie says, yeah, but still, we are pretty different. <laughs> She's like, I will. This is a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Rowena says, I read you the minute I saw you. And I'm sure you're learning that the line between good and evil is quite flexible. But we part company when it comes to blind devotion. Case in point, the Winchesters. You've made them the family you don't have. Foolish. Charlie says, Sam and Dean are like my brothers. I love them. Rowena says, I know. And that steadfast loyalty will be your undoing, my girl. So we cut to Sam and Dean and Baby driving down a road. Sam says, so why would the Steins be actually up to the eyeballs in murder? What's the connection? Dean says, well, when you take a Stein, a few, blah, 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 blah. Dean says, well, when you take a few Steins down, more pop up. I mean, how many are there? All I can say is, I'm glad we burned that damn book. At least they can't get their mitts on that. Sam says, yeah, uh, what about you? How you doing? Dean says, oh, you mean the thing? And he motions to the market cane on his arm. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, yeah, you know, some dark thoughts, creepy visions, violent urges. Same old, same old. <laughs> I'm happy Just, I got him. You know, like, <laughs> whatever, no big. Murder the world, it's fine. <laughs> no, no big deal, yeah. Uh, he says, I'm happy I got a murder to focus on, though. Uh, our view focuses on the road behind Baby, and we see that Eldon is pursuing them in his own car. Uh, we cut to the bunker. Dean walks into the library where Sam's phone is vibrating. Uh, Dean answers it when he sees that it's Cass. He says, Cass? Cass says, Sam. Dean says, no, it's Dean. What's up? Cass says, nothing. I'm just, uh, just, uh, just staying in touch. <laughs> just staying in touch like I do. Dean says, something on your mind? Cass says, no, this call is pointless. My ride's here. And then Cass hangs up. <laughs> That's not suspicious at all. I know, right? Dean puts Sam's phone back on the table and Sam walks into the room. Uh, Sam says, hey. Dean says, hey. Sam says, the fridge is picked clean. Your turn to fly. I buy. Uh, he motions to the phone and says, that, uh, that's mine, right? Dean says, hey, uh, you talked to Cass recently? Sam says, no, uh, not for a while. Why? Dean says, I was just wondering what he's up to. He's got to be up to something, right? Sam says, yeah, angel stuff or I don't know. Dean says, yeah. Sam says, all right, I vote for pizza. So we cut to um, the hamster, Olivet's room in hell. <laughs> Crowley is visiting her. Crowley says, yes, yes, Rowena is a handful. Oh, mercy, snakes in the bed. That would set my teeth on edge. If I owned a bed. No, that's how he says that. Blah, blah, blah. If I owned a bed. Or slept. Ever. Look, I get it. She's unpleasant. She's horrible. She has a messy workstation. What's the dirt? 
There must be something that I don't know about her. Something I could hold over her as a bargaining chip. <laughs> Olivet squeaks I need a little bit. Ammo. <laughs> yeah. Olivet squeaks a little bit, Adam. Uh, Crowley says, a demon lover. There's some more squeaking. And Crowley says, you don't need to paint a picture. Is there anything else? There's more squeaking. <laughs> yeah. More squeaking. Crowley says, really? More squeaking. And he says, you sure? And then Crowley writes something down on a notepad. He yells out, I need a minion. And then he turns around. Oh, my nose are here. And, um, oh, uh, a hench demon, hench demon number two. There we go. I did not write that whole word out. That's weird. Um, hench demon number two is suddenly there looking quite terrified. Um, hench demon number two says, uh, we are scouring the planet, sir. Around the clock. We will not rest until your mother is found. Crowley says, I should say you aren't. And I have another mission for you. Hench demon number two says, yes, sir. And Crowley hands them in the note he just wrote. Crowley says, locate this person immediately. I don't care what it takes. Fail on pain of infinite pain. Uh, <laughs> Hench demon number two says, on it, your majesty. Crowley says, you're still here. So the hench demon leaves. And Crowley says, surrounded by mediocrity. I can't say that word. Mediocr Did I say it right? Mediocrity. Huh. Okay. Looks weird. All right. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't seem right. <laughs> I know. It seems wrong. Um, Crowley says, it's a wonder I say so buoyant. Uh, <laughs> we cut to an alley behind a pizza place. Dean leaves with some pizza boxes. Uh, two cars pull into the alley and block him in. One of the Steins gets out of the car. Uh, uh, okay. I, I guess I didn't recognize this first Stein, but then Eldon Stein gets out of the other car. Um Hmm. my notes are wibbly wobbly here. Dean says, all right, hold it right there. Uh, but the stein sort of inch forward. Dean says, hold it. I said, hold it. Uh, but they want to fight instead. So they fight. <laughs> Dean kills the, the nameless stein with a knife and then subdues Eldon. Uh, we cut to the captivity room, which we see now is an old brewery. Uh, Rowena is filing her nails and Charlie and Cass are in another room talking privately. Rowena is clearly working really hard. <laughs> so hard. I know. Yeah. Charlie says, I am doing my best, but with her criticizing, breathing down my neck, trying to sign me up for Team Witch. Oh, and moaning how the good one or blah, blah, and moaning how the one good year for music was 1723. I'm going crazy. I know. No, I mean, she is evil. Cass says, she is a wicked witch. So by definition, Charlie says, no, no, no. I mean, something bad is going to happen here. Castiel, man, just spring me for two hours. One hour. Any place quiet. Dean is my buddy, and I cannot screw this up, but my mind is, it's a wad of gummy worms. Please. Uh, so we cut to the dungeon in the bunker. Eldon Stein is standing in the middle of the room, and he's got one arm up and chained to the ceiling. I think I would, like, Double handcuffing. Yeah, like, I don't why think one? I'd, I don't think I'd leave one free. I, I wonder why that's going on. I don't know. Yeah. Dean says, here's how this works. You're strong. I'll give you that. But you can bleed and hurt just like the next guy. So I'm going to ask questions. You're going to give answers. Or it's going to get crazy real quick. Eldon says, well, I hope you got some time. I'm not the usual breed of cat. Dean says, neither are we. Did you kill that girl in Omaha? Eldon says, yeah. And then Eldon notices the mark of Cain on Dean's arm. 
Eldon says, so it's true. You have the mark of Cain. My sympathies. That's why you wanted the book, to remove it. Sam says, we wanted the book because that's where your power comes from. See, our family business is putting guys like you out of business. Eldon says, oh, it's impressive. Let me tell you about my family business. You're in way over your heads. The family is vast, spread over the world. And that power that you mentioned doesn't come from the book. It comes from intelligence and will. The book facilitates stock market dive, recession, 9-11. Any of them ringing a bell? Arab Spring. Didn't even break a sweat. Sam says, okay, why? Eldon says, well, you got to be in it to win it, boys. You see, chaos breeds fear. Fear breeds panic. And panic brings, I'm sorry, panic breeds desperation. And there's always profit to be made from desperation. You make a big enough mess, has to get cleaned up. And we've been in the fix-it business for a thousand years. And business has never been better. Because everything's going to shit. It's fine. I know, anyway. right? That's right? <laughs> uh, true. Fine. Everybody's fine. <laughs> Sam's phone starts vibrating and it's cast calling. Uh, Eldon says, now, for the last 80 years, we haven't had the book. With the book, we're unstoppable. Uh, Sam leaves the room to talk to Cass. Into the phone, he says, Cass, what's going on? Make it quick. Uh, back in the dungeon, Dean says to Eldon, the girl you killed. Why take her eyes? Eldon says, that whole situation, unfortunate. We normally never leave a body when we harvest. Dean says, when you what? Eldon says, it's a family <laughs> specialty, bioengineering, surgical enhancement. And I'm not talking about nose jobs. See? And he pulls his shirt up and we see a large surgical scar going up his chest. Eldon says, two hearts in here, bunch of extra muscle, especially in the legs. Every man in the family has had a little something. Pretty much what you'd expect, though, given the family tree. Dean says, the Steins? Eldon says, the real family tree. The name was altered out of necessity. You've chanced upon a lineage with a long and proud tradition. And some unwanted notoriety. One of Europe's oldest families. The House of Frankenstein. Ooh. <laughs> I know. He said two hearts, and I was like, you're a fucking time lord. What the hell? Which I thought was kind of cool. But it's interesting that he's monologuing so much, which means he thinks he's going to get out, right? Yeah. Kill them all and get out. But okay. Uh, we cut to the brewery. Uh, Cass and Sam are on the phone. Well, I guess Cass is on the phone with Sam while Rowena and Charlie are bickering. Uh, Charlie says, let me focus. Rowena says, the greatest witches of history have sought my counseling, yet you spurn me when I offer myself as collaborator. Collaborator. I can't say that fucking word. Collaborator. Collaborator. I can't even say it now. <laughs> Abracadabrador. <laughs> One of those things. Those things. They, they do stuff and things. Okay. Uh, Charlie says, oh my God, this is um, Cass into the phone says, I don't think I'm making myself clear. I've got a, I've got a situation here. <laughs> They're going crazy. <laughs> I know. Sam says, there's no way Charlie can go off by herself. Cass, there are dangerous people looking for her. Cass says, fine, I'll go with her. Sam says, no, you can't leave Rowena, Rowena alone either. Cass says, nothing is getting done. Sam says, then separate them, Cass. Just do the best you can. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous, by the way, that Cass can't figure this out. But okay. Um uh, back in the dungeon, Dean says, Frankensteins aren't real. They're made up. 
Eldon says, yeah, of course. And we never had a family acquaintance named Mary Shelley who spent a few nights in Castle Frankenstein and stumbled upon her secrets and forced us to change her names and go underground. And I got to say, he sounds kind of bitter about that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dean says. You would have had to eventually anyway. Right. Let's be real. Dean says, so why didn't Shelley go public? Eldon says, she wrote a book. Doesn't get more public than that. Uh, But no one believed it to be true, just like no one's going to believe you. Dean says, well, as long as my brother and me believe, that's enough. Eldon says, yeah, well, as mighty as I'm sure your little family is, mine is a juggernaut. We're not ordinary men. We're Spartans. Dean says, but you aren't immortal. (laughs) This is Sparta. I know. Anyway, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Eldon says, what we are is expendable. I go down. There's an army of replacements behind me. Dean says, and where does this army call home? Hmm? Who's Big Daddy Frankenstein? Eldon says, were you here when I mentioned that we're underground? There are secrets. Dean says, well, I'm swell at uncovering secrets. Eldon says, you give me the book and it's conceivable that we could have a conversation. Dean says, the book? Dude, we don't have the book. The book was burned. Eldon says, the book is protected by a spell. It's a turtle. It cannot be destroyed. Rut row, Sammy. <laughs> Y'all getting caught. <laughs> so we cut to Sam in the bunker hallway, still on the phone with Cass. Uh, he turns around to go back to the dungeon, but runs right into Dean. Sam says into the phone, look, Cass, I got to get back. Handle this. I'll be there as soon as I can. And then Sam hangs up. Dean says, what are you doing? Sam says, uh, something came up. Dean says, what? Sam says, it's handled. Uh, What's going on in there? Get any more out of him? Dean says, yeah, an earful, truly. Let me ask you something. Uh, They are interrupted by the sound of a door slamming down the hallway, which is not good. (laughs) So Sam and Dean (laughs) rush to the dungeon, and there is a big smear of blood leading out of the room. (laughs) They go in and see that Eldon's arm is hanging from the chains. But that's it. There's there's no Eldon connected to that arm. (laughs) Just an arm dangling. <laughs> Dean yeah, says, I know. Dean says, oh, my God, he ripped it off. <laughs> it's like he chewed through his arm. There's no I know, right? <laughs> so we cut to the brewery. Uh, Cass is moving Rowena to a different room. She says, alone time? Why does she need alone time? Bit of a prima donna, if you ask me. The girl is simple. You. <laughs> I know you are the biggest prima donna on this show, but okay. <laughs> Rowena says the girl is simply out of her league. Without me, the work grinds to a halt. Cass says Rowena, she needs quiet. She's under under a lot of pressure, and it doesn't help that she feels like she's betraying her friend. Rowena says, "Oh, betrayal! She'll get over it once she has. <laughs> I know she'll come to the dark side one I day." <laughs> Once she has children of her own, she'll know all about betrayal. Cass says, you have a child? Rowena says, do I have a child? The king of hell. That's all. The king. Cass says, Crowley is your son? Well, that explains a lot. I'm sure that was quite a challenge. (laughs) And Cass looks really sympathetic right here, which is really funny. He's like, wow, you poor woman. I get it now. (laughs) Rowena says, I get why you're bitter. <laughs> exactly. Rowena says, well, back to it, eh? We're wasting time in here. Cass says, I'm going to see how she's doing. 
So Cass leaves the room and finds that Charlie is gone and so is her computer. He calls out, Charlie! Uh, we cut to an alleyway. Eldon is hiding and bleeding from his armhole. <laughs> his cousin Eli calls him from outside the Blackbird Motel. Um, Eli says, I know where she is now. Uh, I can take care of it for you if you want. It'd be my pleasure. Eldon says, no, I need to handle this. Give me the location. Eli says, well, you got a pencil? Eldon says, just spill. Eli says, a dump called the Blackbird Motel, registered under the name Carrie Asimov. Uh, we cut to the bunker library. Dean comes down the stairs after searching for Eldon. Sam says, hey, any sign of him? Dean says, lots of signs, just know him. I followed the blood trail, which, by the way, was like the Mississippi, till it ran dry. Sam says, meaning what? He bled out? Dean says, meaning that the trail stopped, vanished, not at. He sure must have thought he was going to win that one because, whew, he was Gabby. Which, <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Sam says, well, I've been going through everything we have on the Frankensteins, and it's just like Eldon said. I mean, a thousand years of nasty. They made a ton mopping up the Black Plague. They started the Hundred Years' War. Dean says, you know, I thought, man, there's a lot of Steins. You know, it's like a alpha male central. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought, and this is key, I thought, this is bad, but it would really blow if these guys had the book. At least they don't have the damn book. Sam says, yeah, yeah. Dean says, at least the damn book burned. Right, Sam? But then, Eldon Frankenstein, he hits me with this little fun fact. He says that the book can't be destroyed. Says that it can't be sliced, diced, shredded, burned, drowned. Cannot be destroyed. Ain't that crazy? Because I know I saw something burn. Sam's phone starts vibrating on the table. And Dean says, Sam, you answer that, so help me. Uh, <laughs> but Sam answers the phone. It's Cass. Sam says, hey. Cass says, Sam, she's gone. Sam says, who's gone? Cass says, I've looked everywhere. Charlie is gone. So we cut to the Blackbird Motel in Charlie's room. She's sitting at a table trying to break the code. Charlie says, Ezekiel. Seven letters. Seven represents a seeker. Okay, okay. Uh, saints represents groups of letters that represent numbers that stand for concepts represented by... Oh, wow, I must be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I know. Outside, uh, the Steins roll up in a car. Um, Eldon walks up to Charlie's door and starts pounding on it. He calls out, I know you're in here, Miss Asimov. You have it. I want it. Um, Charlie grabs her computer and hides in the bathroom, which, man, that's not, that's not a good place to hide. I mean, I you got to get out of there. You're literally just yeah. locking yourself into an even smaller space. Right. Uh, we cut to the bunker library. Sam is at the table holding his head. <laughs> Dean says, I don't freaking believe it. You got Charlie involved with this again, and now she's missing. Sam's phone vibrates again, and it's Charlie. Sam says, Charlie, where are you? Charlie says, uh, a motel, the blackbird, the blackbird. Sam, someone is here. They think I have the book. Sam says, if you have the book, give it to them. Dean says, Charlie has the damn book of the damned. Charlie says, no, I don't <laughs> have <right>. it. <laughs> right. He says, I just, I just have my notes. Sam says, then give them your notes, Charlie. Give them the code, whatever they want. Dean takes the phone away from Sam and says, Charlie, I don't know what the hell is going on, but you need to listen to me. Give whoever that is whatever they want. 
You understand? Charlie. Uh, suddenly, Eldon busts into Charlie's bathroom. No, no, no. Into her actual room. She's still in the bathroom. Uh, Charlie says, I can't do that, Dean. And then her file finishes uploading on her computer when Eldon searches through. This is, oh, no. While Eldon searches through the main room for the book. Uh, Charlie sends the email to Sam and then smashes her computer. Uh, we cut to the Impala. Sam and Dean are rushing to the Blackbird Motel. Dean says, so you had the book the whole time. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, lied right to my face. Sam says, I thought it was our only chance to get you free of the mark, so I grabbed it. Dean says, I made it real clear how I felt. You ever consider that? Sam says, Dean, listen. Dean, but you're not exactly thinking straight either. Right, so. right. <laughs> I know. Dean says, and then you pulled Cass into it. And Charlie. Sam says, Charlie loves you, Dean. We all love you. Uh, we cut to um, Charlie's bathroom. No, that's not right. Wow, I did some crazy shit here with my notes. Okay, we cut to the motel. Uh, Eldon has opened the bathroom door, and he and Charlie are staring at each other. Uh, she pulls out a dagger. And he smiles. He says, you're going to give me what's mine. Mine and my family's. And then we cut to a short time later. Sam and Dean pull up to the motel. They run into the hotel room and into the bathroom and find Charlie bloody and dead in the bathtub. No! I know. I Okay. Sam says, oh, God. And then he starts to gag, which I don't think I've ever seen him do before. Dean says, Charlie? And credits. Okay, so my thoughts. <laughs> um, how did they not notice that somebody's been following them in the car? Like, when what's-his-face? Um, uh, Is it Frank- Eldon? I, I just want to call him Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Eldon, right? Is it Eldon? I think so, yeah. Um, when he's, like, like, following them in the car after, like, how do you, okay, they follow people all the time. How do you not notice that somebody's following you? I don't know. It seems like in this show, nobody ever notices that anybody is following them ever. I mean. How? I feel like if one car, like, follows me through too many turns or whatever, or they're, like, back there for long enough, even just, like, on the freeway, you know, I'm like, they're there. I know. leaving, you know, (laughs) I noticed that shit, too, honestly. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, maybe Dean is just all Mark of Cain to not paying attention. And Sam is, like, thinking that Dean is. That's all I got. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me either. It seems really fucking obvious. Yeah. So he's not even following them from that far behind. No, he's right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are we doing? I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. that's just one of those things about the show that kind of, like, drives me nuts. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. people are constantly getting followed and nobody ever notices that they're getting followed. But anyway, um, <laughs> also, I really like that Crowley speaks squeak. It's <laughs> delightful, isn't it? That I just I thought that was wonderful. It makes me wonder, like, does he speak all animal languages? Does he speak all languages? Like, I almost said I all mean, English I would languages. He probably speaks a lot of languages because he's been around for a long time, you know? Right, yeah. But, like, but this makes me wonder, like... Do all animals speak the same language? Yeah. 
It really you know? also it really reeked of Doctor Who to me because that's like a big Doctor Who thing. And then I was okay. like, wait a minute. But then I'm like, oh yeah, Mark Shepard was actually in Doctor Who, so I guess it's fine with me. <laughs> they did yeah. that. Yeah, I'm like, all right, it's it's cool, it's cool. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun to like have a conversation with a little like squeaky mouse or hamster or whatever, you know? Like it'd be kind of like, you know, mm, look at me. I can talk yeah. to this hamster. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what do you think about? But also, what if it's awful? That makes me sad. So maybe not. I, I feel like it would be weird to have a conversation with an animal because I feel like their point of view of the world is so different from ours that oh, like yeah. it would just be baffling, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, right like that. it would be interesting, but also like they don't know anything <laughs> about politics and you know like all the different things that people get all like, you know, like Mm -hmm. they have no idea about, you know, COVID, you know, like they just know that we were all home. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure Steve was like, did you get fired? Dear God, go get a job. Get out of my house. (laughs) You know, like he was very excited about it at first. And then after a while he realized I wasn't leaving and was like, why aren't you leaving? Mm -hmm. You know, you need to leave. You know, I know that's because he's a real person and wanted to have his like people time. Probably. I know, right? He's like, I haven't been able to get take this hair off for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm over it, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, but, so are they saying then, because this hamster obviously understands Crowley, is that because the hamster used to be a person? Probably. Okay. My guess is the reason he can speak to her, or that she oh, understands. maybe. Is, yeah. I, like, I would, maybe not the reason that he can understand her, but the reason that she can understand him is because she used to be a human, because they're still going to hear the thing things coming out of our mouth whether right. they understand them you know there's that like right I think they can understand more than we think that they can but also at the same time like within you know their limit of however many words that's in their vocabulary you know right but um I would assume that she probably understood him because of you know mm-hmm. her you know being an actual person <laughs> right but yeah yeah that makes sense you're right yeah huh. so okay. Um, also, okay, Mr. Frankenstein, if you ripped your arm off, you would bleed out from that. Doesn't matter if you're, like, supposedly a superhuman or not, like, yeah, I think it's just, you would, like, you would bleed out faster than the normal person, because you just got done saying you had two hearts, so you've got two hearts that are pumping even faster, so you're pumping the blood out of your body, Right. Even faster. So like, yeah, um, I just I thought we were su- just supposed to guess that like maybe there's something about their anatomy that makes them not do that. But they could have said that if that was the thing. But also well, they like, said in the all... episode that like they they're they're not immortal. They just have right. like they've enhanced their bodies with other body parts and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So like they can still die. Right. So if they can still die, like we can still die, like ripping off an arm. Yeah, you go and die from that, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean that—that's pretty common in like shows and movies, though, that someone loses a limb and doesn't die immediately, anyway. You know. Yeah, but the fact that he like drove all the way to the hotel with Charlie and then like was able to beat a door down and then also end Charlie without dying himself first. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. You know. So yeah. that was a little bit of like that was kind of like a really you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but anyway <clears throat> um <laughs> so there's that um what <laughs> what's your favorite moment from this episode 
well, I just really liked a lot of the the cast moments in this episode. I uh, I love that. I love Cass's reaction when he realizes that Crowley is Rowena's son when he's talking to her. She, he's just like, oh, my God, everything like, makes wait, so much what? sense now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. Are you OK, Rowena? Which is hysterical <laughs> because Crowley like, is she's probably, not better, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, why do you think Crowley is the way he is? Like, it's because of Rowena, probably. So I just I, I really yeah. thought that was hilarious. I loved when um when Cass earlier in the episode tried to call Sam too, but like but Dean picked up the phone because Sam's phone was with Dean for whatever reason and yeah and Cass was like oh yeah I'm just I'm just calling you know like I do okay bye <laughs> I just thought he's uh, this so call is pointless you know yeah. <laughs> yeah I know he's so not slick it's just I don't know all of that was fun I like that they're they're sort of uh getting back to that kind of like Cass attitude. You know, because for a while yeah. he was like, you know, not so, I don't know. He just, he got it a lot more. And now they're like, oh yeah, he is a little bit socially weird and awkward. Yeah, you know? like he gets the references now, but he's still weird, you know? Exactly. So I, I like that they're showing that a little bit more again, because that is such a fun part of his character. So yeah. 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 What was your favorite moment? Um, yeah. <laughs> I might I have two. So the first one is when this is a, a cast one when he like, you know, Rowena and Charlie are kind of going at each other and they're just like, meep, 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 you know, and he's like, sounds like the blood sugar is dipping in here. I brought snacks like, dear God, <laughs> like, <laughs> don't kill me, you know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, you that know, was like, just smart. That was, I know. Well, yeah. Yes, for sure. But it was kind of funny because I was like, I feel that like. <laughs> That's that's how I am, you know, like I get a little if I'm hungry, you know, so, you know, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> um, also, when, you know, Eldon like ripped his arm off or whatever, and Dean's like, oh, my God, he ripped it off. You know, like, I know, that was good. He was like, Holy he's just shit. like, I, I didn't think he would do that. You know, <laughs> I know. Can you imagine like imagine yourself in a scenario where you have a prisoner in your dungeon first of all yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you go back to under to check on your prisoner and oh ripped his arm off arm's still there like I know. what the fuck the fact that that seemed like so outside of the realm of possibilities for dean like look, imagine all the shit he's seen like uh, not even just stuff from, like, the show, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, when he was younger, all that sort of stuff, like, imagine the things that he's seen, and for him, like, the fact that somebody ripped their arm off is just, like, baffling, you know? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. He's like, what the hell, you know? Like, yeah. I'm glad they, I'm glad they put that in the episode, though. And there was, you're right, though, there was a large amount of blood on the floor. Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't like... It wasn't like drops or splatter. It was like no. a whole like smear, long smear out the door, you know? Yeah. And like, so, yeah. presumably, he's just continuing to bleed, you know? Out the, I don't, I don't remember seeing if he had like a tourniquet or something on it. I, I don't, don't think he did. I'm pretty sure it was just I a don't stump, either. You know? <laughs> I feel like you would have to do that, though. Yeah. To you not know? bleed out. Right. At least... Well, not to not bleed out, but to, like, bleed out To slower. slow it down, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I honestly, like, I don't remember seeing I don't if he had anything like that. I feel like that. I feel like we would have noticed that. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things, though, that I feel like I would notice that I don't. So. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah. Um, uh, our interesting facts from this episode. Uh, it says, Rowena tells Charlie that the Book of the Damned is written by a witch named Agnes. That was kind of a nutter, um, which is a reference to the book Good Omens, the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter, uh, which by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Yeah, I noticed that right away. I thought that was really cool. But also, <laughs> like, obviously, Charlie would be all about Neil Gaiman. Like, obviously. Probably, you yeah. Know? So I just I thought that was uh, just a cool yeah, I like that. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the title is a play on the A&E show Duck Dynasty, which, I mean, eh, may or may not be correct. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's not like they had anything Duck Dynasty related in that that I could tell. So, like, uh-huh. I, I, whatever. Um, not that I've watched all of Duck Dynasty either, but there's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, it says Crowley, um, who, uh, Mark Shepard, is punishing a demon by throwing darts at him. He then sticks a handful of darts in, to which the demon replies, uh, nice grouping. Um, this is a reference to young Frankenstein from 1974, when Inspector Kemp, who um, is Kenneth Mars, um, cheats at darts by running up to the board and sticking in a handful of darts. <laughs> when Dr. Frankenstein, uh, who's Gene Wilder, has his back turned, he turns and sees the darts and responds, nice grouping. That's funny. I don't remember that. I remember seeing that movie, but it's been so... Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it's been so long, I don't really remember anything from it. Um, uh, It says, Charlie checks into the motel using the last name Asimov. Um, This is a nod to the famous sci-fi writer Isaac Asimov. Yeah. And wasn't her first name, like, Carrie... I think it was. I think so. Okay. Which I was just assuming was a Star Wars thing, but. What was Charlie's name originally? Uh, her like her real name. Yeah. Celeste. I don't remember her last. I was gonna name. say it started with a C. I think still. Yeah, it was Celeste. Okay. So yeah, she sticks with the C's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. It says, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley was an English novelist, short story writer, dramatist, um, essayist, biographer, and travel writer, best known for her gothic novel Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus. Um, she's also edited, or she also edited and promoted the works of her husband, the romantic poet and philosopher Percy, no, oh, B, Bish? Oh, I don't Shelley? know. It's B-Y-S-S-H-E. Beish? Huh. I have no idea. Beish? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Never yeah. heard it. <laughs> um, it says, Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus, is a novel written by English author um, Mary Shelley that tells the story of Victor Frankenstein, a young scientist who creates a grotesque, sapient creature in an orthodox, unorthodox <laughs> scientific experiment. I don't think there would be an orthodox. Is there? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, the last one it says uh charlie um played by felicia day works to solve the codex uh codex is the name of felicia day's character in the web series the guild oh yeah (laughs) i feel like i started watching that 
at one point and got like a couple of episodes in and that was it. Not that I didn't think it was interesting, but I just like had no idea of anything that they were talking about because I'm not like into video games and that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. like, it just, like, all of it went right over my head. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't do any of that either, but um, but I have spent a lot of time with Eric when he has done all of those things. So it made sense yeah. to me. So that was that was okay. But one of the one of the characters um, is played by an actress. It was like the I God, I haven't seen this in years and years and years, but it's like the 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 like blondish girl that's in that show. Oh, I she, don't remember. The way she looked, just the way she looked, reminded me so much, so much of this person from my past who I apparently still have all kinds of emotional ish with. <laughs> so every time I watch it, I just be like, like <laughs> you we know? are not okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why I stopped watching that. Like it was just too like, you know, I don't need to be reminded of that person so much. Not that that actress, you know, I mean, she was great in that show, yeah. but it was just like, Ugh. yeah. So that's yeah. all. Yeah. That's why I stopped watching <laughs> it, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, watching it briefly but I yeah I couldn't tell you anything about it other than I remember that uh Felicia Day was in it you know? yeah yeah <laughs> and there was a lot of video game things involved mm-hmm. yeah. that's it <laughs> <clears throat> so our research for this week um is off of time.com um and it's the eerie gravestone where Frankenstein's story began Ooh. <laughs> Um, so it says, uh, you wouldn't know the significance of the small gravestone tucked behind St. <laughs> almost said St. Pancreas. St. <laughs> <laughs> Pancreas, I'm guessing. <laughs> Close enough. Sounds like Pancreas Saint to me. St. Pancreas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, St. Pancras Old Church, London, if it weren't for all the mud. <laughs> it says there's a meter radius of mud surrounding the grave of Mary Wollstonecraft, uh, the feminist thinker and author of The Vindication of the Rights of Women, where visitors have tramped across the grass to get a better look. The stone itself isn't much to look at. Uh, Wollstonecraft's name is so worn uh, by time it's barely legible. But visitors haven't made the pilgrimage just to pay their respects to Wollstonecraft. The grave is also the center, um, or is also at the center of a story of intrigue, morbidity, and romance. And without it, there'd be no Frankenstein. <laughs> um, it says Wollstonecraft was the mother of Mary Shelley, um, the author of the famous horror, famous, famous horror story, um, published 200 years ago this year. And I don't know when they did this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, 200, give or take. Um, about a monster brought to life by maverick scientist Victor Frankenstein. She did not live to see her daughter grow up to become a writer, dying of septicemia just over a week after giving birth to Mary. But even Ugh. in life, Wollstonecraft played a pivotal role in Mary's life. But even in death. <laughs> I'm doing really well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. I was like, what is any sense she was dead okay because <laughs> that's what it says even in death not in life anyway um so it says wollstonecraft was a radical thinker vilified for her them her feminist ideas and even called a hyena in petticoats by one british politician horace walpole i mean huh? i'm not i don't think i'm gonna take anything somebody named 
Horus says too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Not Horus is a bad name, but it makes me giggle. You know? <laughs> it does. Also, like, hyena and petticoats, not that big of an insult, to be honest. Like, no. yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I just cackle at him and walk off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, it says she led an unconventional life. Her father was a drunk and she had an illegitimate illegitimate child, a daughter named Fanny Imlay, before marrying Mary's father, the famous philosopher William Godwin. And after their marriage, Godwin and Wollstonecraft uh, preferred to live separately during the day and communicate by correspondence, exchanging notes and letters. <laughs> oh, my God. What? They were married? And just That's interesting. What a relationship. I'll write to you and that's it. <laughs> In the run-up to Mary's birth in 1797, Wollstonecraft sent a note to Godwin as she waited for the midwife, eccentrically referring to Mary as their animal. <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, I, fine. Yeah, I mean, fine. yeah, I mean, I like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. fine. Oh. <laughs> it says, as a child, Mary was profoundly affected by her mother's legacy. Later writing in 1827, the memory of my mother has always been the pride and delight of my life. Mary's father taught her to read by tracing the letters on Wollstonecraft's gravestone as mother and daughter shared the, fi- the same first name. Um, it says, Godwin would not um, have thought this was macabre. Macabre, macabre. <laughs> I was like, I said it and immediately, and I was like, I know that word. What the fuck? <laughs> Turns out I haven't read anything in a while, so I'm struggling. You're doing fine. And also, it's very entertaining, so do what well, you do. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> she would not have thought this was macabre. Uh, she would have thought this was an excellent way to teach his daughter about her famous mother. <laughs> Charlotte Gordon, author of Romantic Outlaws, The Extraordinary Lives of Mary Wollstonecraft and Mary Shelley, tells time. Um, the graveyard became Mary's private place where she would often retreat. It was at Wollstonecraft's grave that the teenage Mary first declared her love for the poet Percy Shelley. Shelley was an admirer of Mary's father and grew close to Mary during his frequent visits to the family house. She was 16, he was 21, and already married. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It says, Percy was impressed by how brave she was to break all the rules that bound conventional young woman, Gordon says. Scholars like Gordon speculate that the graveyard was also um, where the the couple first consummated their relationship. (laughs) Wow, let's do it right in front of my mom's grave. I know, weird. Okay, that is weird. <laughs> but maybe, maybe it wasn't right in front of the the grave. Maybe it was like you know. It just says the graveyard. I mean, it doesn't say yeah. that, but still, right. like, ugh, weird. That is a little weird. <laughs> it says Mary referred to July twenty eighth, eighteen fourteen, as the anniversary of their union, <laughs> after which they ran away to Paris together. Godwin disowned his daughter for several years after the elopement, which was which devastated Mary. In addition to her gravestone, Wollstonecraft left behind another tangible legacy, her literary works. A Vindication of the Rights of Women, published in 1792, was a groundbreaking work that advocated, among other things, the reform of female education and a woman's right to earn a living. Ahead of its time, the publication still resonates in feminism today. Her daughter read all of Wolf's... Wollstonecraft works several times, according to Gordon, later writing about the pressure she felt to match her mother's talent. 
She grew up surrounded by her parents' famous friends, including poet Samuel Coleridge. Uh, Mary's taste was also similar to her mother's, while Stonecraft refers in letters to the influence of Milton's Paradise Lost, which looms large in Frankenstein. Uh, Mary Shelley saw herself as the keeper of the Wollstonecraft flame and dedicated her life to living according to her mother's ideals and philosophy, Gordon says. We know she read all of her mother's books because she kept carefully detailed lists of the books she read. For example, when she ran away with Percy Shelley, they kept a joint diary uh, and they recorded that they read aloud from Wollstonecraft on their journey and found inspiration from her words. Mary not only shared Wollstonecraft's intellect and literary talent, both mother and daughter suffered from depression. Um, Mary's father was very concerned about his daughter's dark moods, as he did not want her to be like her mother, who tried to kill herself twice, Gordon says. Mm. Uh, Mary's dreams were haunted by the loss of her first daughter, born prematurely in 1815, according to her journal, while Wollstonecraft described in one of her published works how her very soul diffused itself in the scene around her uh, following a suicide attempt. Mm. However, while Frankenstein is undoubtedly dark, the creation of Frankenstein's creature out of body parts is an era where grave robbers were common was to contemporary readers perhaps less macabre than one might expect. Um, oh, it just skipped around on me. Oh, no! Wait, okay, no, we're good. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, it says, Mary would not have considered herself drawn to the macabre or to horror, Gordon explains. Instead, she would have said she was committed to exploring the deepest, darkest facets of the human soul. How we deal with loss, how we deal with sorrow, and how we deal with death. Um, Mary's fascination with death and uh, the darkest facets of the human soul found its ultimate outlet in Frankenstein. In 1816, Lord Byron, a friend of the Shelleys, challenged the group staying with him at his rented villa in Geneva to each come up with a ghost story. Mary Shelley's story was born of a nightmare. I saw a hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then on the, uh, on the working of some powerful engine show signs of life. Mary then developed the short story into a novel at her husband's urging. She faced an onslaught of tragedy during the writing process of Frankenstein. Within a couple of months, Shelley's pregnant first wife, Harriet, committed suicide, as did Mary's half-sister, Fanny. Mary was close to Fanny, both revered Wollstonecraft, and Fanny had previously determined to never live to be a disgrace to such a mother. Um, did I read that right? Yes. I was like, eh. they, like, put it in a different color, the text, and so it, like, confused oh, me. Anyways. Okay. Um, <laughs> Apparently, that's too much for me to handle. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, in many ways, the creature in Frankenstein is inspired by Mary's outrage at the sufferings of outcast women, starting with her mother's terrible experiences as an unmarried mother. Gordon says, just as the creature is rejected by society, so were women who had children out of wedlock or who were born out of wedlock like her half-sister Fanny, who killed herself while Mary was writing the novel. Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus, was published in 1818. By 1851, it had sold 7,000 copies, more than all of Percy Shelley's poetry volumes combined. Today, it remains one of the best-selling Gothic novels of all time. While the tale of Byron's ghost story challenge is um, often cited as Frankenstein's inspiration, the time-worn grave surrounded by mud in central London offers another touchstone. Wollstonecraft's grave pro uh, provided the focal point of Mary's childhood and of her relationship with Shelley, and it ties together Mary's lifelong obsession with her mother's legacy and the morbid. Um, it says, Wollstonecraft, a radical, uh, dismissed 
after her death as a as a hysteric, never knew her daughter. But in Frankenstein, Mary provided her a lasting tribute. So did I hear you say that her dad, like, what did you say? Like her dad and her relationship, like, didn't he like, did you say something like he disowned her for some years or something? After, did- yeah, after running off with Shelly. Oh, okay. I missed that connection there. Okay. Yeah. I was good. Okay. So her mom dies mm-hmm. and she's not living with her husband because they just like basically send notes to each other. So then I he mean, I think they raises were living her. together. They just like communicated mostly with writing. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they still talk to each other. It's not like they were avoiding each other, but yeah. that's like mostly how they communicated. Yeah. Which Kind of weird, but okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. I just a little confused about all that, but okay. That's kind of crazy. It's a crazy, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so what was your Idjid or Aspet moment from this week? Okay. Uh, okay, this is another uh, moment of witnessing some shady shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I was, I dropped Killian off at school the other day. Um, this was actually like the day after I had to like call that cop the cops on that creepy dude following that girl home. It was like mm-hmm. all in like a like a 15 hour span, and I just like came <laughs> out of this situation like it's like what it, the it, hell is happening? Yeah, I was just like I'm not sure if I'm just being really fucking paranoid now. Like you know, like this was a lot in that small amount of time. <laughs> So, um, okay, so, yeah, yeah, so normally when I take Killian to school, you know, we park in the back and meet some other moms and kids, we, we all like, you know, walk down to the class and hang out with the kids while they're in line before they go in the class. I mean, yes, this will probably not continue, you know, after this year, because, you know, parents don't really need to be there, you know, they're, they're old and independent enough to not need that, but okay, so, (laughs) yeah, so usually, so, and then, you know, they go into class and then I usually meet with like another mom and like we'll talk for a bit and then, you know, go our separate ways. So it's just like a whole like social, you know, hanging out with friends time. It's not a bad way to start out your day. Yeah. Really, you know, so good company. So um, anyway, um, I did not do that this time. I think I had to go to the doctor or something. There was a reason that I could not stay and hang out afterwards. So I, you know, I get Killian to his class and I say goodbye to him and then I'm just going right back to my car. So, um, mm-hmm. so, um, so I'm by myself. I go out onto the sidewalk and like, there's all the cars parked along the sidewalk, but there's nobody there. Like nobody. Okay. It's yeah. just like cars of parents who are taking their kids to school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On this sidewalk in this neighborhood. Same fucking neighborhood, P.S., as the creepy <laughs> dude from the last episode. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> so, I'm walking in my car. I'm standing on the sidewalk. I go to put my purse in my passenger, to, like, my passenger seat. So, I'm standing on the sidewalk. I open the passenger door. put my purse in. There's nobody on the sidewalk. Right in front of my car is a Jeep parked. You know, nobody there. Mm-hmm. Jeep. Okay. All right. I do that. Shut my door. I walk to the other side of my car, the driver's side I get in I sit down turn my car on and then I notice that right in front of my car well right next to that jeep that's right in front of me the rear like wheel that's next to the sidewalk there is a person crouched there like what are you and doing I can, <laughs> I can tell because I can see the top of this dude's head and he's wearing a baseball hat and I'm thinking oh my god there's somebody right there I was like two feet away from that exact spot 15 seconds ago not even yeah 
and they were definitely not there. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What's <laughs> happening? Because that was just so weird. Like, oh, there's a head right there. Yeah. So I'm staring at this person like, what the fuck? Where'd you even come from? They notice me staring. It's a guy. He notices me staring. And he uh, lights a cigarette. Still crouched down. Now, he's not sitting on the curb. He's crouching. Yeah, he's, like, hiding. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at him. And he's kind of looking at me. And he's smoking the cigarette. And I'm like, mm, what? So a car drives by me. Yeah, this car drives past. Okay, you know, I'm like, all right, I need to get the fuck out of this situation. This is weird. So I'm like, I'm about to pull out, but there's some cars that are passing. So, okay. The last car to pass me is a school security, like, SUV. Mm -hmm. And they're driving slow. Now, this dude crouching definitely moves around this Jeep so that that security uh, SUV does not see him. Like mm-hmm. he is clear. He's like duck walking around to stay out of this view, out of view of this. <laughs> it's like, you know, dude, so you're it's, clearly like you're suspicious. <laughs> I know. I was like, what the fuck? So I, I pull out and the security car, like it had there's So there's a long line of cars, you know, parked on the side and it, it parked in front of that line. So it's a little bit down the way, still on the sidewalk though. So I'm like, yeah. So I pull up to the security car and I rolled down my window and it's this girl she rolls down her window and she's like hey and I'm like there is totally a dude like hiding from you back there she's, <laughs> she's like yeah she's like yeah I know that's why I parked here she's like I got my eye on it don't worry and I'm like okay I don't know what's going on but like what the heck she's like I have no idea but I'm on it I'm like okay cool okay <laughs> bye and then I had to like right. <laughs> I know, and then so I'm driving to the doctor, and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, one of my other, like, mom friends, you know, her car was, like, right there, too, and she's going to come back. I'm not going to be with her. She's going to be all by herself, you know, Yeah. with, like, her her younger son, and I was like, yeah, that feels weird. So I called her and, like, told her about it, but and then she texted me later that he wasn't there when she got there, but I was just like, what the fuck? And so, okay, she did suggest that, like, you know... Sometimes, and I'm not sure if it was the same Jeep that's always there, there is a dad who does smoke cigarettes, and she says he does sometimes crouch so that the kids don't see him. That doesn't even make sense to me. Like, You're why out of school. Why would you do that? Yeah. The road, this road that we park on, it's it's not long, and there's, like, it curves on both ends of it. You could, like, if for whatever reason you can't smoke at your own house, you could literally just drive for 20 seconds and get out after you cur, you know, take that curve. In either direction, yeah. <laughs> and then smoke out right there. Like, why do you need to do it? Like, and she was like, well, maybe, um, you know, maybe he doesn't want his kids to see. But that doesn't make sense either, because then just don't fucking do it outside the school. I don't yeah, understand. Like, that's why. That's why none of that made sense to me. And I'm not. I'm not positive that's the same person. But it's just like. Also, he was clearly <laughs> hiding from the security car. You know, like. like you you're you're suspicious for sure you and, know? <laughs> and that that's not school property right there you can totally legally smoke there you know yeah <laughs> so I just I don't know and I've seen that guy that she was talking about and he doesn't crouch around yeah. <laughs> you know so He's so not I'm not sure around, you know? yeah I'm not sure I'm not saying that she's wrong in any way I think she was just trying to make sense of it for me but it was I, I don't think it was the same person because it was just like this isn't doesn't make sense. Like I think that right. yeah. yeah, I think that dude just lit that cigarette so that I so that you know it looked to me like he was doing something, doing something not not writing, suspicious. You know? Yeah, but no, that yeah. was so fucking weird. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm done with the whole fucking state. Like, <laughs> why is people. why are we just like full of like creepy ass dudes right now? What is happening? <laughs> 
And can you yeah. not be creepy around my kids' school? And, like, I just why why like what <laughs> any of it also like just where we are in that neighborhood there's all kinds of trails and woods you could go literally anywhere to do that and yeah, be like, hidden if you need to be here to, yeah if you need to like hide you know like I just I don't get it Rochelle what's happening <laughs> I couldn't tell you what the heck? <laughs> I don't know uh, people are dumb you know <laughs> and creepy like, and creepy yeah yeah, maybe. Th- uh, and he clearly was fine that I saw him being creepy. You know, I should move down to where I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like being close to all the things I'm close to here, though. I would prefer to be closer to you. Obviously, <laughs> that would make me happy. But yeah, well, and like, let's be real. We're five minutes from like Fred Meyer, Costco, Walgreens, all the different things, you know, like true not very far and like mm-hmm. yeah yeah I know it's not, it's not a bad place <laughs> I know it's and like like really nothing happening in this town <laughs> like, I know it's like Eric at right now where he like where we are he's an hour away from his best friend his best friend who lives in the state anyway uh-huh. and like going to you he would be two hours from him and he is yeah. not willing to do that which I understand you know yeah it's like right now like I'm an hour from you he's an hour away from his best friend so we're like right in the middle yeah so uh, yeah oh no okay. well yeah <laughs> I know <sighs> anyway what was your <laughs> moment I almost said what was your scary moment <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mine, I mean, I guess was kind of scary, but <laughs> so mine's just stupid. So <laughs> there seems to be somebody constantly puking at my house. <laughs> at your house? Yeah. Like, d- as far as like, and somebody, I mean, by the animals, right? So like, okay, good. I was like, do you have just like a somebody just like coming by and puking on your doormat every day? Like, no. What do you mean? Okay, all right, that's that'd better. be a good story though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of, anyway. But so, yeah, no, like, run. Steve pukes all the time. He's he's a little bastard that way because he mm-hmm. eats his food way too fast and throws up, right? So like he did it last night. He does it all the time. He's got hairballs, you know, whatever. And then like. You know, sometimes the dogs will get into something and they'll puke. I mean, between the three animals, like, I feel like somebody pukes in our house at least once a week, <laughs> you know? Oh, like, God. Okay. It's just like, come on, you guys keep it together. Right. <laughs> but, so, I think it was Hunter. Was it Hunter? I think it was Hunter. One of the dogs. It wasn't the cat. One of the dogs threw up in our bedroom right oh no it was Maisie so (laughs) I'm like trying to remember exactly it was Maisie and so I hear her like start because she doesn't she's like the quietest puker it's the funniest thing but you like you know the sound she just kind of goes you know like (laughs) you know like yeah like you can tell that she's like trying to like keep it down but she can't you know but she's not like you know, or Steve, he's like, yeah, like Maisie's just kind of like, she does like this, like weird swallowing thing a bunch of times and then throws up. Right. Okay. So here, I hear her doing the weird swallowing thing. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so I like get out of bed super fast. Right. Which like, Hey, 
my big self currently does not do anything quickly. And so <laughs> I try and like fling myself out of bed as fast as I can to like, cause here's the other thing is that Hunter loves throw up. And so it doesn't oh. matter. He is immediately trying to eat it. So you have oh, to fight God. him for whatever puke happens, right? Because he's like, I'm going to eat that shit. And you're like, no, you're not. And he's like, I fucking am, you know? Like, he, that is he's upsetting. Like, it's, he gets weirdly very excited about it. Like, he hears an animal start to throw up, and he'll go and run run to them and be like, wait for it to fall out. You know? Like, oh, God. It's disgusting. And so, you know, Maisie kind of pukes a little bit. And so she was also, she was in heat at this point too. And so she was wearing a diaper, right? Yeah. So she throws up a little bit in our bedroom and I'm trying to keep him away from it, but also trying to get her outside before like, you know, more puke happens. So I'm trying to like push her outside and like, go outside, go outside, go outside. As I'm trying to like rip her diaper off of her as she's running. So that way I can send her outside and she doesn't just like pee in a diaper right because mm-hmm. you know she's gonna go she's gonna go throw up and then she's gonna go to the bathroom you know like, that's right, a, that's like yeah. she's afraid I'm outside I'm gonna go yeah and so I'm like oh god you know so I finally get her outside and because like our back I think I've said this before but like our back door goes into our garage and then we've got another door that opens up to the outside so I'm trying to like mm-hmm de-diaper her and get her out the two doors so she throws up outside and then I immediately turn out turn around and go running back into um the house to like try and keep Hunter from eating the puke right I go to where the puke was there is nothing there not even a wet spot on the carpet I'm talking like hoovered everything that was there and I'm like okay I guess at least I don't have to clean up vomit but like yuck you bastard you know you know like (laughs) and in the process of all of this I throw out my back (laughs) getting out of bed too fast so I'm like hunched over going oh shit you know like the whole time because like my back hurts you know and then of course like because adrenaline I don't like feel it that much at first but then like later on you know because I finally get everybody settled we go back to bed because it it was like kind of early in the morning and then I go and I wake up later and I go to get out of bed and I'm like oh god you know know. and at least that only lasted for like a day or so but still I was like I threw my back out because I got out of bed too fast I had a similar well it wasn't similar at all to that (laughs) experience but it reminded me (laughs) of that I threw my back out about a week ago, and it only lasted for a day, and I did it shaving my leg. (laughs) And to be clear, I shave my legs every other day, okay? Because when you do it that often, it's like a a minute a leg, you know? Yeah. Quick, Mm -hmm. like, I decided decided I wasn't going to grow my normal, like, winter pelt. You know, that I normally do, that I was just going to I grew expand. a year-round pelt. The only time I ever shave, let's be real, is if I'm going to be, like, showing my legs to the public. Yeah. Because, like, who got time for that? Not only that, but our shower is, like, so small, and there's, like, no ledge or anything to put your foot on that, like, mm-hmm. you're having to do, like, acrobatics oh, yeah. in there to shave, and it's just not worth it. So. Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah, I've been doing, I've been getting, like, night sweats lately, so, like, I'm trying to, like, wear shorts to bed, and I just hate the feel of my 
my leg pricklies on the sheets for some reason. Yeah, That's yeah. like, sure, I will get used to that after some weeks, but it takes weeks for me to get used to it. And I just don't want to yeah. deal with it. So, yeah. so yeah, I've been doing it every other day, which is fine. And yeah, no, I threw my back out and I wasn't even doing like a different <laughs> move. It was like the normal move. Yeah, you know? like, so, I wasn't just, trying anything fancy. <laughs> no, I wasn't. It was just the normal, the normal thing. So, so that was annoying. And then two days late, well, not two days later, maybe a week later, back felt better. I was uh, kicking a soccer ball with Killian and he's like, kick it hard. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I didn't do any stretching. <laughs> he's like, kick it to me hard. Be dangerous. I kicked it hard and totally pulled my left like pectoral muscle. <laughs> kicking a soccer ball, Rochelle. <laughs> you pull something in your chest trying to kick a ball. <laughs> That's, That's what I impressive. Did. Not yeah. gonna lie, I've done stuff like that before. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it! Like, like, like what? And I'm like, I, I hurt. <laughs> I know. I was just like, it's like this is what old age is like, Killian. And he was just like, That's weird. <laughs> He's yeah. Like, You're something else. Yeah. He was like, Okay, next time you should stretch first. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, wow, I'm sorry about all the puking. I, no. Not, At least you know I what? didn't have to clean it up, but that almost is worse. I know, know. Like, that is a bright side, but also Hunter needs some medication, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Has yep. he always been like that? Like, like, oh, yeah. Like his whole life? Oh, okay. I'm sure. I mean, as far, as long as I've known him and Steve's been around him, it's like, yeah. I don't know if he like, so he, he lived with a cat one other time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he was with that cat, but like, <laughs> I don't know. He's just, I think he must have discovered, like, Steve must have puked one day, and then he's like, oh, like, this smells kind of like I might want to eat it and ate it. And well, because Steve like, normally pukes, like, right after he eats all that wet food. So, like, his puke yeah. is just like wet food. So maybe yeah. that's why. That's what, yeah. okay. That makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. It's so bad. But I mean, eh, okay, whatever. You know, it's it's maddening because it's like you can't just like, oh, the cat puked. I'll get it in a second. Like somebody has to get up and run. So Steve did this last night too. Like he puked last night after he, you know, gorged himself on his food because he's a freaking idiot. And <laughs> so. I, like, got, I was laying kind of flat-ish on the couch, and I, like, launched myself up and, like, ran over to the cat puke to try and, like, get Hunter away from it, because he's, like, immediately trying to get it, you know? Yeah. And I got, like, (laughs) super dizzy. Oh, no. catch my breath and so I'm just sitting there with like my hands on my knees like okay I'm good I'm fine you know like, yeah <laughs> like, it took me a good couple minutes to recover and then you know it was okay but I was just like this is dumb you know like mm-hmm. what am I doing so yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, uh, was, I'm trying to think like you, you need like a like a bucket to just like put on top of the puke but then I mean Hunter can he's gonna knock it a bucket up. Like, yeah, yeah he doesn't care he's if he yeah. he knows it's under there so he'll just like He'll just go for it anyway. Just go, yeah. Yeah. There's Uh, there is no stopping it other than cleaning it up, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, But sometimes you can't clean it up all the way, so it's just like, well, I guess I'm sacrificing this one to the dog because I can't, (laughs) like, I can't take care of the other animal that's puking and also like 
you know, right. eat him out so, of puke. But Hunter's never had any issues from eating puke, right? It doesn't make him puke. He doesn't Not have, as like, far as I know. bad stomach I mean, issues, like, so... I don't think so. Yeah. That, guy, that guy's got a gut of steel, I'm sure. Like, he, I'm sure he's eaten so much stuff that he's not supposed to. Yeah. Like, if anything, he gets, like, the runs afterwards, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, stolen food and stuff before that has, like, I mean, dogs can't have, like, onions and garlic and stuff. And, like, right. he stole an onion burger at one point. <laughs> like, you know, he had the poops pretty bad for a couple of days. But, like, serves you right, you little bastard. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, Quit yeah. shit that's not yours, you know. Right. So, eh. yeah. Only like, they made those connections, but nope, they just want what they want. Nope. Yep. So. He's like, it looks like food, smells like food. I'm gonna eat it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and email us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.